Hello and welcome to episode 27 of The Witcher Chapter by Chapter Book Review, where I'll go through a summary of what happened in the latest chapter and give my detailed thoughts on it. Sound like I said detailed. My detailed thoughts on it, if that wasn't clear. I was trying to go through it faster than I normally do because I just feel like a broken record. I say that at the beginning of every episode. And if you are here 27 episodes in, then I'm pretty sure you've seen at least a couple. Like, I don't think that this is your first time, unless you've stumbled upon this podcast for the first time on the 27th episode, then welcome. Uh, that's how I do my intro. Normally not so fast. And I normally don't dissect it like I'm doing right now. <laughs> But yeah, welcome if you're new. I would recommend getting caught up unless you've already read the books and you just want some additional thoughts on this chapter, then that's fine too. All are welcome here, unless you're a terrible person and you're gonna be mean to anybody or myself, then you're not welcome. But otherwise, all are welcome here, (laughs) okay? (laughs) Let's get started. So uh, today, don't actually remember if I've said this part. Today I'll be discussing chapter six from Time of Contempt. I did not say that now that I'm saying it, I realize that's the first time. All right, so this is going to be, and you already can tell how long this episode is, but I haven't obviously recorded the whole thing yet. I already know it's gonna be a short episode because there's just not a whole lot to say. My notes are a lot shorter than they normally are. Like they're a whole page shorter than what they normally end up at. It's definitely a very important chapter, but it's just, we follow basically one character in one place. And it, it, I don't know why it's this is hard for me to describe. And you'll get it in a second when I summarize the chapter, I guess. But like for the last chapter, for example, we were learning about so many different things from a lot of different people in a lot of different places. There's just a lot to talk about there. But this chapter, we don't really learn too much. We do learn one very important thing though. But other than that, it's just, uh, I, I don't, Let's just talk about it. <laughs> let's just let's just get into it, and then we'll see how that goes, and and then you'll understand. But you probably, if you've read it, then you probably already understand. So, but before we do that, I'm gonna recap the last episode, like I always do, so that you are definitely caught up. So let's do that now. Dandelion made his way into Brockalon Forest to find Geralt, who's been recovering after his failed fight with Vilgefortz. Sorry, I said Vil- Vilgefortz with a lot of emphasis because I, I realized that I've been saying it wrong. I, I spell it right in my notes. I spell it right every time, but I've been I've been putting the L after the G like in my pronunciation. <laughs> and I've been trying, like I, I was sitting there the other day <laughs> by myself out loud going Vilgefortz, Vilgefortz, Vilgefortz. I just kept saying it over and over again. And then I tried to use his name in a sentence just to make sure that I would say it properly. I immediately went back to the wrong way. <laughs> So if you notice me pausing before I say the name Vilgefortz, it's because I'm trying to make sure that I don't pronounce it incorrectly, which I, for some reason, my brain, like the, my subconsciousness really wants me to do. So that's what's going on there. Okay. <laughs> so after his failed fight with Vilgefortz, Dandelion updates the Witcher on the state of the world now that the second war with Nilfgaard is in motion. 
Nilfgaard is winning with the defeat of Adern and Lyria and neutrality agreements from Temeria and Cadwin. With the reports of Ciri now in the hands of Nilfgaard, Geralt and Dandelion head out of Broccolon to save her. But from Amir's own mouth, we find out that the girl he has isn't Ciri, but an imposter. A lot of interesting stuff in that chapter. All right, so here's what happens in chapter six, Time of Contempt. Ciri is alive! It's great, but she's not doing well. <laughs> not at all. So during the Thanad coup, she ran into Tora Lara and entered the portal that teleported her to a desolate desert with little to no food and water, and where there was extreme heat during the day and bitter cold at night. She woke up after what seemed like at least a day of an unconsciousness. Her body is beat up and incredibly sore to the point where she can barely stand. After realizing she needs water, she manages to get up and start walking in search of water and possibly anything besides empty desert. After days of wandering, days of wandering, finding barely any water or anything to eat, she's close to death until a mysterious unicorn wakes her and shows her a ravine with a little bit of water. From here on, Siri refers to the unicorn as Little Horse. The two drink their fill and set off to find their way out of the desert. On their journey, they almost get killed by a hideous monster with pincers that hides itself beneath the sand. With the help of the unicorn, Siri kills the beast, but not before its pincer gets Little Horse in the leg. Not long after, he can no longer walk and his wound is infected, proving that the monster was venomous. At a loss for what to do, Siri makes a fire and uses this element to draw magic from and heal the unicorn. It works immediately and she's filled with an immense sense of pleasure and euphoria until a woman presents herself in the flames, offering Siri absolute power through fire. Siri rejects this and relinquishes her magical power after she starts seeing people she cares about like Geralt and Yennefer killed in violent ways. The fire goes out and Siri becomes basically a lifeless being lying on the ground feeling nothing and alone. Some Nilfgaardians show up, find her, and take her. Before I get started with my initial thoughts, I want to. I'm going to start out by talking about Torlara. But before I do that, I guess I'm not starting out by talking about that. Before I do that, I just wanted to clarify because I don't really get more detailed into like the little things. Like, there's a lot in this chapter. And I like to explain this stuff for anybody that hasn't read it, or maybe it's been a while since you read it. There's a lot of little things that kind of get dragged out a little bit in this chapter, if I'm being honest, it's a little bit tedious. Uh, it's actually, I think this is the shortest chapter we've had in all the books since the final chapter of The Last Wish, which only covered the conclusion of the Voice of Reason sections of the book. So there was like, you know, the Last Wish was a collection of you know, short stories. And the, the final chapter of that book didn't have a short story in it. So it was a really short chapter, but I think that this was the shortest chapter since. But even consisting of so few pages, it still was a little bit tedious. You know what I mean? So just so that you are aware, she is wandering a lot. She's completely exhausted. Her body has been through hell when she went through the portal. I think she got spit out like in midair, landed on this rock, and then was just unconscious. And the sun was probably wearing on her really bad. And she is traveling around, trying to find her way out of this desert. She, 
uses a little bit of magic to warm herself at one point at night. It relaxes her muscles. She uses a light because it's completely dark at nighttime, which really sucks because nighttime would actually be the best time for her to travel because it's cold and, you know, moving would warm her up a little bit. And it's also very difficult to walk during the day because it's so freaking hot. The sun is just scorching. It's terrible. And she's also, you know, there's barely any food around. She finds uh, nests, like lizard nests, and she eats the eggs, which sounds so gross. And she's eating bugs, like she eats beetles and ants, and it's just really gross. And then what she does for water, and this obviously isn't good enough because she almost dies, but what she does for water at first before Little Horse shows up is she's just drinking the dew, like the morning dew. And that's not going to quench your thirst in any way. I mean, I guess it helps a little bit, but it's not going to keep you, you're not going to be able to survive off that for long, which is proven here. So I just wanted to get that out of the way, like explain those little details first, because I didn't really expand in the summary and I'm not going to go too far into it in the discussion here. So now that we've gotten that out of the way, let's go through the thoughts that I have written down. So the Tour Lara portal. That was supposed to be very unstable. We learned about that from Vilgefortz. <laughs> I got it right. And uh, when he's talking to Geralt, he brings up that portal in the tower. And it's established that like it's been blocked off. It's not something that anybody should use. There were a lot of casualties when they tried to use it. And the destination of this portal was probably supposed to be the sister portal, which is called, um, or it's located in this other tower. It's called Tor Zirel. And like I said, it was supposed to be blocked, but I'm thinking that what maybe happened here was that somebody reactivated it. And I was thinking maybe that was Vilgefortz. I don't know. That doesn't necessarily mean that because Siri was able to enter it, it was reactivated. Maybe it was blocked off in a different way. Like maybe they just sealed the entrance to the room that it was in and she somehow found her way in there. I don't know. But this is, I'm just theorizing because I was thinking that Vilgefortz could have done it to make a quick escape because you know he had this whole plan during the whole, all the events that, was, that were taking place on Thanet, he had a whole plan mapped out. He was trying to get Siri. Maybe he was hoping that he could just, you know, portal out of Thanet with her in the Torlara portal. And maybe he knew a way to use this portal properly with magic because he is an extremely proficient sorcerer. I, like I said, theorizing, I don't know, but that was just what I was thinking. I thought that it was kind of, intriguing when she was able to go in there at all when it was supposed to be unaccessible so or inaccessible yeah <laughs> so the tower got destroyed during the events on Thanad like we know it probably got destroyed when Siri went into the chaotic portal so we didn't have any insight into what could have caused the tower to be destroyed uh, we found that out at the end of chapter four we're on chapter six now so all of chapter five, don't know what happened, but now it's, that's what I think we are probably meant to believe is she went through the portal, it's a chaotic portal, and then the whole tower got destroyed. It's probably been a very long time since anybody has even attempted to use it. So Vilgefortz, he was chasing Siri into the tower and he obviously didn't go through the portal with her. So. I'm thinking that he was probably in the tower when it got destroyed and he might be dead. Hopefully. <laughs> uh, I'm not crying any tears for this guy if he's dead. Nobody's heard from him since. He was working with Amir. Last chapter, Amir was 
sending some of his higher-ups after Vilgefortz. Doesn't know where he is. They're just saying, like, try to locate him. He thinks he's alive, but it's not because he's heard anything from him. He just thinks that Vilgefortz is still alive. So, yeah, my guess right now is that Vilgefortz is dead. We don't have to worry about him anymore. I mean, we've still got plenty of enemies. So we're not out of the woods when it comes to you know people trying to go after Siri, obviously. But... It, that would actually be really great if he was out of the picture. Maybe not, though. This might be one of those things where we just don't hear anything for a while, and then he just pops up out of nowhere. Or uh, maybe they'll report. I mean, I think that if his body was there, they probably would have reported that. But maybe it just got so badly destroyed that there was like, <laughs> ew, there's like a million pieces left. Ew. It's a gross thought. Moving on. So... In the desert, after a lot of traveling, struggling, and using the little bit of magic that she can to survive, Ciri's dehydration gets so bad that she is just on the verge of death. And she probably would have died if it wasn't for Little Horse. But uh, before Little Horse shows up, she hears Tessaya's voice suggesting to end her life before she goes insane from dehydration, and then it becomes too late. And once she goes insane, she's not gonna be able to take her own life anymore. And Siri does have this little dagger on her uh, during the whole chapter. So I wonder if this was real, because I thought it was interesting because Tessaya actually just recently ended her life. And then Siri hears Tessaya's voice telling her to end her life. So I, I just thought that it would be, it doesn't seem like it would be that unlikely in this type of world, for Siri to actually, you know, who also has these mediumistic abilities to hear the voice of somebody who just recently died talking to her, like trying to, I guess, in a way, help her. And she's suggesting to end her life and she just did, just, just did so herself. Because on the other hand, you would think that it was just Siri's subconscious you know, presenting this voice to her. But I don't know. I was thinking that maybe it could have actually been Tessaya. But, I mean, it's probably really not even that important. And I don't think we'll ever get a <laughs> definitive answer. So it doesn't matter. But I liked, I, I liked to think about that, to ponder of that a little bit. So you know, let me know what your thoughts are on that. Unless you don't really care that much. Since, since it's such a small detail, <laughs> then don't worry about it. But right before it's probably too late, Little Horse appears out of nowhere and shows her this ravine that's got some water in it. And this is how Syria is able to carry on. So there is absolutely no explanation whatsoever for where this unicorn came from. And there aren't even any known unicorns anymore. They supposedly have all died out. Obviously they haven't, but that's what everybody believes, that there's no unicorns left. So aside from his horn, he's a little bit different from ordinary horses. Like he eats these stalks and thistles along the way. And Siri notes that it's, that those are things that horses, like an ordinary horse would never eat. He also doesn't let her get anywhere near him. I mean, they travel together, but whenever she tries to approach him, he just kind of scatters away, scatters away, skitters away. I don't know. But yeah, he he doesn't want her getting close to him. So... At this point, now that they both have some water, Siri and Little Horse try to take off and find the edge of the desert. Like they're just trying to get out of there. So they come across another ravine to try to get water out of it, but they don't realize until it's too late that it's not actually a spring. 
it contains that monster that attacked them. So this is when Little Horse gets badly injured and he also gets injected with venom and he's able to continue on for a little bit, but the wound becomes infected and then he's close to dying and eventually he just lays down and he can barely even lift his head. And it's really, really sad and Siri's crying, it's horrible. She doesn't know how to tend to the wound, so she figures she could try using magic again and use the magic to help him. She doesn't really know a lot of healing spells or maybe even any healing spells, but I think she just wants to try whatever she possibly can so that he doesn't die in agony. So when Siri is using magic the first time in the desert before she meets Little Horse, she's using water to draw from to perform magic. But, I mean, she doesn't really know that many spells and it requires more energy than she can muster. When Little, when little Horse gets injured, she resorts to fire because there is not any water in this surrounding area nearby for her to draw from. She has been very strictly forbidden from using fire magic. Yennefer didn't explain why, but she told her to never use it. She said only water, earth, and air are acceptable. And earth and air actually not easy to draw from for a novice sorceress. So yeah, Siri doesn't even know how to do that, but she just says, don't use fire. So she does the fire because it's her last resort and it gives her access to this overwhelming and absolute power. So she's happy about it at first, but then she starts to see these gruesome sights like the people she knows being killed in horrific ways. And it's interesting because if she didn't see this, who knows what would have happened. Maybe she wouldn't have relinquished her power like she did. But that happens. I don't really even know exactly. It's not explained what she was seeing. I mean, I think there were just kind of visions. But like if somebody else were nearby, like Little Horse, who was nearby, for example, like was he able to see that too? I don't know. But right before she relinquishes her power when the fire's still going, she actually sees a whole herd of unicorns. And she relinquishes the power, the fire goes out. She's there on the ground, like this lifeless body. There's this dialogue following this. And they keep referring to her as the being. And they refer to Little Horse as, (laughs) I don't know how to say this name. I actually looked up how you pronounce it. And I I can't remember. I was actually gonna look it up right before I started recording so that I could say it right, but I forgot to do that. It's the something like that. I could actually be saying that right, but I'm not sure. So they refer to Little Horse by that name. And they also confirm that Siri has relinquished her power completely. So she can't do magic anymore at all. Uh, absolutely no further context is given into how those unicorns got there. I doubt that they're desert dwellers since Little Horse didn't seem to have the survival skills in this sort of environment. No clue. But Little Horse or um, Yorkwex, he's gone after the fire episode. She's completely alone. The rest of the unicorns probably took him along with them. Where they went, I don't know. No, that's not explained either. Like they, it's. I think it's like them having this conversation, referring to Siri as the being, confirming that she has relinquished her power completely. But they don't let you know where they came from or where they're going. <laughs> so it's really odd. But maybe we'll get some answers on that later. It's just. Uh, it's so random. It's just so random. But it is what it is. 
So Siri is then left with a sense of just nothingness. She's not really thinking anything. She's not feeling anything. She's completely alone until these Nilfgaardian strangers show up and take her. So I think she was pretty close to the edge of the desert and then these people found her. Don't get a lot of insight into who they are exactly. We just know that they are from Nilfgaard. So for my closing thoughts, it looks like Siri is going to survive, which is good. Uh, they are most likely taking her out of that desert. I can't imagine that there's any kind of civilization that she just didn't happen to come across. Um, the people who took her seemed like they were kind of rough with her, even though she wasn't even speaking to them. They were shaking her and harshly and aggressively asking her questions and splashing water in her face. Although splashing water in her face doesn't necessarily mean that they're rough. I mean, you could do that to see if you can like wake somebody up or whatever, but <laughs> I mean, if they're doing that along with the other things, that's going to make me think that they weren't doing it in a friendly way. It was kind of disrespectful, but yeah. So since she was found by Nilf Guardians, I was thinking that it's possible that the astrologer who was talking to Amir's Arthesius from the last chapter, who Amir was hiring to locate Siri, I think he was the one that discovered her location and that's how they stumbled upon her. We don't really know a lot about Nilfgaard, but they've never said anything about it being like in a desert. So I don't think that they are in Nilfgaard, at least the desert part. And I don't know why those guys would just be wandering there. I don't think it's a coincidence is what I'm saying. The fact that they found her, don't think that's a coincidence. I think that the uh, astrologers are Theseus found her location using his, I think they call it astromancy. And those guys were sent into that area to look for her. And they stumbled upon her when she made it to probably what was close to the edge of the desert. So it's safe to say that they are probably gonna bring Siri straight to Amir, which I mean, isn't good, but at least he was treating the imposter Siri with respect. Like he gave her her own castle to stay at and she doesn't even have to be near him. And also, Geralt is already on his way to rescue Siri, So it really wouldn't be the worst thing if these people that found her are taking her to a mirror. It wouldn't be good, but it also could be way worse. Like, keep in mind that all the Northern leaders wanted to kill her. And, um, and I, mean, I don't know that if she were captured by any officials that work for the Northern leaders. I, I don't know that they would still want to kill her. I know Dijkstra told Geralt back in chapter four that they no longer wanted her dead. But do we believe that? He was also telling Geralt that when he was also, when he was trying to convince Geralt to give him Siri. So I would honestly, at this point, I would trust her more in the hands of Amir than I would with, um, I mean, the likes of like Henseld or Foltest or, I mean, uh, King Vizimir's dead and Demavend is, well, he's not having a good time right now. I don't know how much power he actually has since the country's destroyed and Queen Meave is a MIA. But yeah, I, I, I don't think that it would be the worst thing for her right now. And then maybe Geralt will be able to get there and then rescue her. We'll have to wait and see how that goes though. And then one last thing, we have no updates on anyone else in this chapter. So we still don't know what happened to Yennefer on Thanet? She is still missing. Uh, I mean, maybe she's turned up. Siri would not have gotten any updates on that in this chapter, but I have a feeling that she didn't. So like I said at the very beginning of the episode, this really just follows one character. I guess you could say two because of Little Horse. But yeah, we don't 
find out what's going on with anybody else. So Geralt and Dandelion set off in the last chapter to go look for Ciri, but I, I don't know how much progress they've made since then. Yeah, we don't know what is going on with anybody else. And yeah, more importantly, we don't know what's going on with Yennefer, and that's that's what who I'm the most curious about right now, because we've gotten updates on a lot of stuff, but not her. So hopefully she's okay. Hopefully she didn't get killed on Thaned, but when people don't turn up, they're usually dead. <laughs> I know that's obvious, but I don't I don't want to be pessimistic. That just doesn't doesn't look good. All right. Well, yeah, like I said, it was a little bit of a shorter episode. So thank you so much for listening. Just to let you know, in case you didn't, these episodes are available on YouTube with video, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts with just the audio. I will catch you all in the next episode. Bye.